today, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Reese. I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan, this week. Yeah, I'm back. I'm, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, he's on my uh, screen over here, if you can see him. Um, not, obviously, physically or in person, but he, he exists. <laughs> I, I do exist. I can confirm I'm not a bot or simulation. No, but you are just a voice in the void, by the looks of it. In, in the ether, yeah. Yeah, in the ether. Right, so we are back for another weekly recap. What week is this? Like 19 or 20 at this point, I think? Something like that. We're getting very nearly to the end, Rebees. I think there's only like two okay, weeks no, left. This is 18. There? 18. Nothing left. Oh, <laughs> nothing. Easy. Uh, but yeah, no, there's only, I think, three weeks left of the season or about that, or at least yeah. until the play in uh, two and a bit weeks. Most teams, I think, have about 12 games left. So we're kind of doing some of our final check ins on a few teams here. Next week, we'll do a few more final check-ins, and I'm sure we'll do kind of like a playoff preview at some point soon as well. But for now, we're just back with another weekly recap. And much like last week, we have a lot of injuries. Um, So let's just jump into it with our news roundup. So first injury here, and I was also kind of ordering these like I did last week in terms of kind of most unfortunate to least unfortunate, if that makes sense. I, that sounds like a mean way to put it, but, you know, most serious to least serious, I right. would say. Yeah. Um, so, the most serious one, I would say here, is Danny Avdia suffered a right fibula hairline fracture and is out for 12 weeks, meaning the entire season. I didn't see this injury happen. I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but Danny Avdia has been very important for the Wizards recently, and this hurts. Yeah, like he's he's only a rook, but he's he does some pretty important stuff out there. Like he he can pass, he can hit open shots, um, and he rebounds. And yeah, unfortunately, that's where the injury occurred coming down off a rebound. Um, I'm I'm, su- I'm actually surprised it's a fibula fracture because it seemed like an ankle thing, so it must be pretty low on the bone there. But um, yeah, it's just unfortunate for a Wizards team that is you know trying to make a surge for the for the play in right now. Yeah, I mean, and, like, obviously he's not their most important player. They've still got their two most important players here, but I right. I think it's fair to say he's, what, their third, fourth most important player? Like, Rui Hachimura's kind of up there. Is Rui yeah. all right? Is he injured at all? Uh, I think he's around. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's weird idea that he was injured. Yeah. Um, I'm having a quick look. He was out. Uh, He's out for tomorrow's game, at the very least. Right. But yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah. Yeah, it's not particularly helpful for a team that's really trying to kind of make it into um, the playoffs. Where are they right now? Do you have the standings up? Uh, I don't. I think they're like 10th or 11th, maybe. They're 10th. They're 10th currently. Two games okay, back so, so they're in there now. So yeah. they've got, they've got a bit of wiggle room. They're a game and a half up on the Bulls and Raptors. And like, yeah, like I said, Denny Avdia is obviously a very important player, but he's probably not the difference between them making the play and then not making the play. That that really will just be Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. Yeah, it might not even be those guys. It might just be the Bulls sucking. But um, <laughs> it seems like the Wizards have sort of inherited this tenth this tenth seed from inherited is a good the, word. Yeah, yeah, from the Bulls falling apart the last couple, uh, like the last ten games or so. Um, I mean, the well, since the deadline right there as well. Yeah, that is true. They're tied with the with the Bulls, but yeah, I mean, 
I think this is the bare minimum the Wizards were hoping for this season, I'd say. Um, so it's good to see them at least in that position. Um, obviously, you know, seeing Westbrook and Beal in the playoffs would be much better than them not being there. So, you know, you're right. Obviously, uh, might not be the difference between them making it and missing it, but it's still a big blow come, you know, if they end up getting the eighth seed or even the seventh seed or something like that um, through the play-in, then... Yeah, it, it limits their chances, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they are a scary team to face, though. I don't think many teams would like to see them in the playoffs. Um, like those Especially the teams, way Russ is playing. Yeah, those top teams. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Net Sixers, Bucks are really scared of anyone. I mean, it's not like the Bucks would really very likely be facing them. But Nets and Sixers, I don't think they're really that scared of anyone. But in terms of those lower teams, the Wizards scare me more than the Pacers, Hornets, and the Hawks, at the very least. They don't maybe scare me quite as much as the Celtics or the Heat, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, having those two superstars there is, you know, is a, there's always a chance that, you know, they can upset you in the first round. I mean, with that much talent in those two guys alone. So, yeah, definitely the scariest team that, you know, a team that we didn't think would probably be in this position. I know you and I didn't think they'd be in this position um, by the end of the season, you know, on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Um, when are you talking about there? Because I think we both predicted them at the start of the season of being in the play-in. Did we both? Didn't we? I I had them in the playoffs. I had them like the eighth seed or something. Yeah, I thought I had them at ninth or eighth as well. Um, okay, well, I, 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 okay, we I didn't predict this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think they'd be like sort of this sh- shaky though. Uh, throughout the whole season, but they've obviously turned it on. They're nine and one in the last ten. They're on a seven-game win streak. Um, I yeah, think you had them at seven. Sorry. Yeah, so we both had them in the playoffs. So um, it's interesting that they're tenth, but yeah, I think I think they're still going to be quite a quite a matchup. Come playing. Yeah, and I think come the play, I I mean, I'm obviously not taking them over the Heat, but they wouldn't really need to play the Heat unless the Heat drop back down to eighth. I'd take them over the Pacers and Hornets, at the very least. Um, I think I would too, yeah. The Pacers is interesting. A team that, you know, should probably be better than they are. But... Way better, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Wizards would... I think they'd get both of those teams. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one here is... Uh, James Harden had a hamstring injury, I think, earlier this week, right? Um, it's weird how the Nets just keep getting injured. But mm. it doesn't seem to matter that much, except when it comes to Harden. And that's kind of scary, I think. Um, I I haven't looked at this myself, but I did see a stat going around the other day. I think the Nets have a losing record since, ha- since the Harden trade, when Harden hasn't been in there. Interesting. So Harden's really the driving force. But I guess how many of those games are... Kyrie and KD also out. Yeah, obviously KD's missed a huge chunks of time. Sure. I think Kyrie's um, also missed a handful of games where Harden's been out as well. But in terms of all the combinations, like having Harden has like always been better than having either Kyrie or either uh, right. Durant, like something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't bet, paid too much attention to it, but yeah, it's another injury where it's just like, I mean, sure, get help if you're healthy by the playoffs, it won't matter at all. Yep. Now, this late into a season, into the season, you might look at this and be like, okay, are you going to be fully healthy by the playoffs? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what we're seeing here with Harden had a, apparently had a setback with this hamstring injury and he could be out until the playoffs start. And, you know, if he's only coming back then, assuming he's 100% healthy, he's going to play play into playoff four. Um, and we know how Harden, you know, sort of easily puts on the weight uh, when he's not playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of shape he comes back in if he misses, you know, a decent chunk of time here or the rest of the regular season at least. Um yeah, a couple like this with KD's, you know, obviously big injury this year that kept him out for a long time. Um, it, it could be a interesting recipe to start the playoffs, but I don't think ultimately it's that big of a deal unless this hamstring turns out to be, you know, hindering him throughout the rest of the playoffs. No. Yeah, no, I don't think it would be that big a deal. But, you know, if they end up matching up against, like, the Heat and mm. they don't have two of their guys... That's not a team that they could just kind of roll through. I think they could easily, like, destroy the Hornets with only one of their three guys. But the Heat, I'm not sure about. So, again, it's like, it is scary if they keep having these kinds of injuries where you might only have one of your three guys. And, like, of those three guys, I think Kyrie Irving is consensus the worst of the three. Not that he's obviously a bad player by any means. Which is hilarious to say, yeah. Yeah, it is hilarious (laughs) to say. But, yeah, no. Um... I question whether that team without Kevin Durant and without James Harden could beat the Heat. I don't really question as much if that team had Harden instead of Kyrie or if that team had Durant instead of Kyrie. But yeah, it's still like this is scary if they don't if they aren't healthy. Yeah, there is on the on the right matchup there is potential for some for an upset. Yeah. Um I I I I don't know. I think they're being overly cautious with these guys anyway. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, they will be 100%. But, you know, if KD keeps picking up these injuries that, you know, weird sort of injuries that keep me out for a while, then um, going forward into the into the playoffs, it could be an issue. But, but obviously, like, just missing time and being banged up through the season also doesn't help, like, your playoff performances and stuff like that. So... I, I, you know, hopefully it doesn't have any impact on their just overall play, even if they are out there. Well, hopefully it does. I wouldn't mind an upset or two. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't want to sit through an entire off season of slandering <laughs> the Nets because they didn't make the finals. <laughs> no, I don't think I do either. I mean, even as much as I dislike the Clippers, it got old very quickly. It did, yeah. Oh. All right, uh, next injury here, though, is Chris Boucher suffered a sprained MCL. Weird injury. I don't think I've ever seen a sprained MCL injury. Then again, I don't tend to pay attention to exactly what guys' injuries are, but sprained MCL is a weird one to see. It is weird. I don't recall seeing one either, but, um, yeah, very strange. Yeah, so uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened. And, like, he's only out for three-ish games, but he is a bigger guy, and we know those kinds of leg muscles, the MCL, the ACL they tend to really affect big guys a lot more than they do smaller guys just because of how much pressure is being put onto their knees and in that general area. But it's a sprain. It's not a tear, luckily. If it was a torn MCL, very, very, very different story. That would have been the top of this list. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's not great for a Raptors team that's trying to kind of make a push into the playoffs, uh, trying to make their push into the play-in. Because Boucher has been maybe like their third or fourth best player for a lot of the season. Yeah, he's been really, really good for them. He's the most improved candidate for sure this season. Um, 
Yeah, he's an important defensive player for them. He's one of their few good big men this season. Um, mm. Maybe their only good big man this season. So, um, Do you not consider yeah, Siakam still... a big man? Uh, I, I guess I mean centers then, yeah. Yeah, centers. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, Siakam's been whatever. But um, yeah, the, you know, they had Baines uh, coming in the offseason that we thought was a good move, but apparently he's sort of taken a step back um, this season. Um, so... Yeah, they're relying on Boucher a lot for their center minutes. Um, yeah, and with, you know, as you said, only 12 games left for most of these teams, you know, three isn't an insignificant amount of time to miss. No, definitely not. And yeah, like when this, when the playoff, uh, when the playing race is as tight as it is, like I would still, I still believe in the Raptors more than I believe in the Bulls right now, but I don't know if yep. I believe in them enough to catch the Wizards who are a game and a half ahead. Yeah, I think I think we might have seen the end of the play-in race out east. Now that I'm looking at it, but uh, a game and a half, you're right, isn't you know. There's nothing saying that that can't be overcome in the next two weeks. Yeah, it's just harder, obviously, uh, without Boucher yep. and with how the Bulls have re- have been playing recently. Um, now, next one here is. Will Barton suffered a hamstring injury. What exactly it is, I think, is still up in the air. I don't think we'll ever find out exactly what it is. Um, he's had a couple of hamstring problems so far this season, and all we know is he'll just be out for a few games, but that could potentially be until the playoffs. Um, like, there's really not a lot of confirmation. Um, it happened early on in the Warriors game. In fact, only a minute into the Warriors game, um, in the exact same arena that Jamal Murray tore his ACL in, so it's kind of a cursed arena for the Nuggets right now. Uh, yeah, not not good. Not good. Uh, mm. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But I, a lot of people hate Barton. I think he's very valuable to the Nuggets, and this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not great for a team that needs ball handling right now. Um, and he's obviously stepped up to fill that role since Murray's been out, but now he's gone, so... I don't know. With Shaq Harrison and Fakuna <laughs> Kapazo and PJ Doja, pretty much. And Austin Rivers. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah, Austin Rivers. Give it a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, Monte Morris is there, but he's also out with injury, yep. unless he's back. How is he? Not yet. No. Okay, so they're still going to wait on him. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, obviously with Jokic there, you're still you're generally fine. okay. But, yeah, but ball handlers are nice to have. And <laughs> having... You know, Shaq Harrison as your second option right now is a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's not dwell on it too much because we'll be talking about the Nuggets <laughs> quite a bit this episode as well. So let's get yep. on to the next one here. And that's KD's thigh contusion. We already spoke about about that a little bit with uh, James Harden. Again, scary if, you know, he continues picking up these little injuries. Anything else you yeah, want to w- add on that? Was this just a, like, he copped a knee to the thigh sort of situation? I don't remember. I don't remember what happened. Exactly. Yeah. I think he just like, I don't know, he just felt it kind of stiffen up or something. I don't know. Right. Okay. Because, yeah, if it's something like a, like that, I think it'd be fine. Um, and, you know, contusion's not really anything to worry about, but you're right. Having missed so much time already and just picking up little nagging injuries is is something to take note of. All right, uh, next one here is Trey Young had a sprained ankle. Is he Is he fine now? I, I put this in today, but I wrote it down like a week ago. Or like a few days ago. Right. 
Um, yeah, uh, he might be back. Out. He's still out for tomorrow's game, by the looks of it. Uh, right. But it's a spray deck. Go Hubie, right? <laughs> yeah. That's it. He's, he's a grown man. He'll be Should fine. be right, mate. But um, yeah, yeah, he, he looked. Yeah, yeah, he looked in like a lot of pain though when it actually happened. It looked like it potentially could have been much worse by the way he reacted to it. But um, yeah, if it's just a sprained ankle, it's it'll be fun. Yeah. And our last injury here, Dylan. Do you want to read this one? Because I want to get your take on it before I tell you what happened. So apparently, Bill Kennedy left midway through the Jazz Wolves. Um, I don't know what that means because I didn't see, I didn't know anything about this until I read the report, like read the page here. Um, so you have to tell me, is it an <laughs> official? Bill Kennedy's an official, right? He is an official in today's game. Uh, of between the Jazz and the Wolves, Bill Kennedy walked off the floor injured. How did he injure himself? I don't know. Uh, he just some I don't know something happened. I I I tuned into that game as he was leaving. But it was just like he picked up something from behind the scorer's table and he walked out the back and I don't think he came back. In fairness, I did not watch the entire game because I did not want to watch a Tim Wolves game, even though apparently it ended up being really, really good. But um Yeah, he just walked out the back and they ran a two a two ref game. Interesting. Um apparently is not the first time it's happened this season. No, I've Bill seen- Kennedy also walked out, I think also on a Wolves game earlier this season. Really? I was going to say, I've seen a two-official game at least once this season. I think one was because of COVID. Um, I think it was a Sixers game, if I remember remember correctly. Um, but yeah, this isn't the first time it's happened this season, and I don't think it's necessarily that uncommon. I've never noticed it before. I just thought it was like interesting. Like, oh, he's leaving. What happens now? Yeah. They just run two <laughs> reps, which is, you know... They just, yeah. It's not that uncommon. Like, I used to run two refs when I would ref. Um, but yeah. it's interesting seeing how their movement changed. I know this is, like, stupid ref talk. No one wants to hear this. But it was interesting seeing how the ref's movement changed a little bit when there was only the two of them. I noticed. So, when you're running two refs, you have one baseline ref, one sideline ref, obviously. The sideline ref, you, you have no one watching the other sideline kind of thing. So, the baseline ref and sideline ref should be able to see each other. And they should be forming a right-angle triangle with the court, right? Right. Do you know what I'm saying so far? Yep. The baseline, sorry, the sideline that the baseline ref is, like, closest to, no one can really see there, It like, more towards the middle of the court on that side, if that also yeah. makes sense. So, yeah. the sideline ref needs to come closer in. They need to go onto the court, which you don't see that much, but I did see it a couple of times where the sideline ref... Uh, for this game, would walk onto the court a little bit more than they normally would, so they could get a better angle. Yeah, it's just... It is just a weird situation. <laughs> um, and, r- correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you know, it's only relatively recently that the NBA started having three ref, three refs, isn't it? I don't know. It's been three refs as long as I can remember. But... Yeah, but I feel like it's like during the 90s or something. Um... Like, they only started having three refs. Uh, I'm trying to f- quickly Google search it, but this doesn't seem like something that would be document- documented. When did the NBA go to three referees? 1978-1979. Was it? Uh, according to this okay. one article on the New York Times. Okay. More reputable than whatever I was just looking at. Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's older than I thought it was, to be fair. Um, 
maybe it was NCAA or something, but yeah, no, two refs is interesting. And I feel like there's a lot more. Oh, maybe. Um, Actually, is the G League trailing four refs? Um, Anyway. (laughs) I don't know. Something like that. Um, Yeah, it's interesting seeing all the uh, sort of what players try and get get away with, I feel like, when they know there's not another set of eyes out there. Yeah. We talk about all elements of basketball here. Refing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's it on injuries, uh, but we do have quite a few COVID cases. And Dylan, you wrote these down, so do you want to tell me a little bit about them? Yeah, I've just noticed, like, you know, obviously the US is in the process of vaccinating um, those who want it, and a fair, it seems like a fair few or a high percentage of the NBA is getting vaccinated. There's obviously some people that don't want it, but um, I just feel like we've seen an increase in cases the last couple weeks. Have you noticed this too? Like, I have especially as well, this yeah. week. I have noticed been more cases. Yeah, and and like, they like these guys have to miss like two weeks because it seems like they all have it. Because uh, yeah. I don't feel I don't know if contact tracing is as um, as uh, what's the word scrutinized. I don't know. I don't feel like. That. Yeah, um, I don't feel like it's as like it's as much around anymore. Um, I feel like it's been eased a little bit. Yeah, yeah, strict. That's a good word. I did. Um, <laughs> oh, did you? I thought you did. I said stringent. <laughs> oh, stringent. Yeah, also a good word. <laughs> Great word. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, we've seen uh, Darren Fox, uh, Magic head coach Steve Clifford, uh, Damian Lee, Alec Burks. Um, some others. I think Zach Levine also is in the process of missing time because of COVID. I think we um, talked about that last week. Vaguely. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, yeah, it's just it seems to be a lot of cases. I feel like guys are maybe getting too relaxed complacent. with it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is with the vaccination. I can imagine people getting complacent. I feel like people get complacent around here. Obviously, we don't have any cases around here, and we haven't had any cases for a little while, but. I don't know. I feel like people are very complacent um, in in Sydney at the very least. I'd imagine the US, which is at last time we checked, was like thirty something percent vaccinated. I think it's probably closer to fifty by now. I think it's over fifty now. Yeah, is it really? Wow. Um, you'd think they might get a bit complacent. The thing is, if a new strain comes in that isn't vaccinated against, they're screwed. Mm, yes, <laughs> but you know. We'll deal with that when it happens, I think, yeah. is the mentality, yep. <laughs> uh, more or less. Um, yeah, I think there's a bit of, I don't know, is it false sense of security? Is it false to be, I mean, I guess it obviously is if guys are about to miss two weeks, which is like potentially the rest of the season. <laughs> Wait, is it um, a false sense of security? The vaccinations? Yeah. I think that's like a relatively real sense of security. At least yeah, I was going to say, like, would you consider it... Yeah, I was going to say, would you consider it false? But, like, obviously not everyone's vaccinated, and I That's think yeah. guys might be treating it like that, yeah. Yeah, it might be interesting. Like, I wonder if players know who is and who isn't vaccinated as well. Um, right. In terms of, like, even not even people on other teams, just their own teammates. It's like, who can we interact with in these sorts of ways? Like, who can we be a little bit, like, less um, careful around because we know they're vaccinated sort of thing. I wonder if yeah, I, th- I doubt they do because that sounds like it's at least kind of an evasion of privacy, but yeah. 
It'd be well, I feel like I feel like they'd talk about it just as teammates anyway, so they'd sort of know who's got whatever. I'm not sure there's like an official like roster put out by the NBA, um, but I, I think the NBA for people who are vaccinated has sort of lifted certain restrictions for for them. Like, I think when they travel, they're allowed to go out and eat and stuff like that now. So, oh, okay, right. um, stuff like that. You know, if they're vaccinated, I think yeah, they they sort of know. Who's got it and who hasn't? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's not get too much into that, I guess. But yeah, yeah. it's there has been a unfortunate increase in the the number of cases, and we just need to hope that no one gets like screwed over during the playoffs because obviously the bubble mm. was a situation where if cases get in, everything gets shut down. I don't think that happens here. Like, what happens if a what happens if a whole team gets infected in the playoffs? Yeah, well, like what happens to their series? Is it postponed? How do you well, yeah, that's the thing. Series? Um, in the NCAA tournament, um, obviously it's a bit different because it's just a one-off game every round. But um, if your if your team had COVID con- uh, contact and you couldn't play, you just immediately were kicked out. Um, like your your game just didn't happen, and your opponent would just move on to the next next round. I mean, that makes sense because it's one game and they're not professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and they they were in like a semi bubble too, kind of. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen at the NBA, obviously. But yeah, that was always the big the big question, even with the bubble last year, is like if LeBron comes down with a COVID case, are they going to stop the series for LeBron compared to I don't know Ben McLemore, or is it just sort of you know too bad your best players out? You've got to we've got to get this you know playoffs done with. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be, at this point, I think it would be too bad your best players done because they could be vaccinated by now, is the main thing. That is true, yeah. It's like, if LeBron comes down with COVID, it's his own fault for not getting vaccinated at this point, um, just because of how, for how long the vaccination has been available and how many guys are vaccinated. I, I don't think you reward the Lakers by giving them two weeks off. Yeah, no, I don't. It, it it is tough though, like to have a playoff series without LeBron there for you know, if this is the finals. And do you think it's a different story for the finals? Do you I think, do think it's ha- a different story for the finals? Yeah, I might agree. But like the Western Conference Finals, say say it's uh say it's game game five and the Lakers are down three two. No, that does game six down three two. Like, and LeBron catches COVID before the game. Do you reckon they postpone the rest of the series? I doubt it. No, I don't think mm. they would. That's interesting. Mm. I don't know if they would or wouldn't, but it, it, it'd make for some interesting results, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, let's hope we don't find out, I guess. Yeah. They're not doing any sort of bubble activity for it, are they? I, no, I don't think so. And right. You know, I think, like we've said, I think we talked about this earlier on uh, in the season. I don't think players would agree to that. No. No, there's already a lot of guys, it seems like, that aren't happy with the way the season's gone already. I don't think trying to put them in a bubble would help them, and I don't think, yeah, they'd agree to it. Yeah, they're bubbled out. Yep. All right. (laughs) Uh, Next bit of news here is uh, Chris Paul uh, goes to fifth all-time in assists, passing Magic Johnson, and is only 180 away from, about 180 away from fourth place and third place. I think uh, Steve Nash is one above... Fourth place, which is Mark Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. 
Mark Dr. Jackson. Wow. No, like crazy. Mark Jackson. That's Actually, pretty crazy if you do the shout out. Is it Mark Jackson? It is Mark Jackson. There we go. I got it right. Um, shout out Mark Jackson. Shout out Mark Jackson. Yeah. Not in the Hall of Fame, funnily enough. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, he, he should he should be for announcing. All oh, right, right, right. Um, I think I was looking at Mark Jackson's page earlier today or something for some reason. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Chris Paul's going to be third in assists next season, assuming he comes back, which presumably he will. Um, he only yep. needs 20-odd games next season to probably reach it, just because 180 away, he plays, let's say, the remaining 10 games a season, 20 games next season. He needs to average six assists a game, and he gets it. Yeah, and that's going to happen. So It's in the bag. Uh, it's in the bag right now. Um, the real question is, can he get to second? Uh, oh, that, no, after yeah. that, it's another... Yeah, it's another about fifteen hundred, bit more than fifteen hundred. Seventeen hundred, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, unlikely. yeah. I think very <laughs> unlikely. He would need to play probably three more seasons after that and be putting up kind of the same numbers he has been the last couple of years, which seems obviously not impossible, but unlikely. Yeah, he. I mean, he is. He turns thirty six next month, so he'd have to play till he's forty. Yeah, pretty much with these numbers, um, which would be unprecedented for a point guard. So, you know, the history isn't on his side, but, you know, if anyone could do it, Chris Paul could. Is it really unprecedented? I mean, Steve Nash kind of did it. Uh, Did he? How old was Steve Nash before his back gave out? 39. 30, he was uh, 39 in his final season. Okay, I guess, I guess. I guess so. Maybe for the scoring, it's unprecedented. Okay. And, you know, obviously Stockton, who's first on this list, did it for his entire career. So, yeah, it's just not common. Uh, It is rarefied air with the guys we're talking about there. So, but, But you know, he's already up there with them. Um, Yeah. yeah, um, I think Stockton might be untouchable, like almost untouchable. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, especially for like the, uh, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not talking about just Chris Paul. I'm talking about like pretty yeah. much all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I scrolling down this list. No one that's currently on the list is catching him. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Shout out Nicholas Batum, two hundred fourteenth all time. Shout out <laughs> behind uh, Walker. Your name is Foots. Huh? His name is Foots. 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 Yeah, like great, what great feet name. should it be? <laughs> Shut up! Shut up, Foots Walker. Well, you don't like Foots? We have hands. We have we have hands. Why don't we have Foots? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I actually haven't thought about that until I just said that. <laughs> don't, don't. Why aren't these? Too, don't why aren't these? What would these be? Hand. <laughs> Is that what it'd be? <laughs> Foot, feet, head. No. Mm. No. That's not how rules work. No. You're, I yeah, you're more the... attention to linguistics. <laughs> Maybe I yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is linguistics, but yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. It is. 
uh, a little bit. What, but yeah. What is it? Uh, what's... Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into that at all. We're already halfway... We're already 30 minutes into this episode. <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, next piece of news. Let's rush through these last couple ones. Uh, Austin yep. Rivers uh, to the Denver Nuggets. They needed a scoring guard to replace Jamal Murray. They got a scoring guard to replace Jamal Murray. I think we talked about this a little bit as to what, like, he would be a good fit. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but you and I definitely talked about it. Yeah? Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. I mean, may as well. You need it. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, it's only a 10 days. It's, not a, well, it's yeah. just a signing. Is it actually? Yeah. They did sign him for the season? No, not yet, but I th- I think they will. He's been all right for the the first uh, three games. He had nine points today, six points the other day, five points the day before that. He'll take it. Interesting. Okay, I thought it was for the season. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, they yeah they need his scoring, his ball handling, um, just another guard out there, and um, yeah, I think it's a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a ten day, and he's only five days into it, so five more days to figure it out, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next piece of news: Lord Treesap, a guy on Twitter, is gonna lose his house. Um, so this guy, yeah, uh, yeah, he he tweeted at Damian Lillard saying, "Hey, how's your hamstring feel or something like that? Um, I need you guys to win forty-two games. I bet my house on it. They're zero and four since then. But he's gonna lose his what, house." What did Dame say uh, in reply? Like, say, say less, less or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> say more, mate. You are in some trouble. 13 games yeah. left for the Blazers. They need to win 10 of them. I mean, I hope it was a joke. I'm sure it was I a joke. I really hope it was a joke. I looked at his Twitter today. He was retweeting stuff about it, so I'm pretty sure it was a joke. But, oh, yeah. no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Feels bad, Lord Treesap. I was very confused when I first saw this in the in the lineup. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" But yeah, it, after two seconds, it clicked. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna lose his house. Yeah. All right. Uh, final piece of news, Dylan. I'll, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, very shocking and sad news. Actually, um, projected first rounder Terence Clark passed away in a car accident um, after leaving a workout. Um, he was only nineteen years old, and he just finished his freshman year at. Uh, Kentucky, he was entering the draft. He was, yeah, looking like a first-rounder and a very exciting player. I think only the day before, uh, he'd signed with Clutch Sports. Uh, so, you know, with LeBron and Draymond Green and all those guys, um, very promising future and very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not really going to add all that much. I I didn't know anything about him before now. Um, yeah, there's talks of him potentially being an honorary draft pick, which makes a lot of sense because he, like uh, you said, he's very likely to be drafted. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very, no, very that'd be good to see. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to one big question. So the first team we're talking about here is the Knicks. The Knicks. I love the Knicks. Let's go. <laughs> um, oh, New York stand up. All right, Dylan, what's your big question? Oh, baby, was I right about RJ or was I right about RJ? That's my Remind question. Because RJ, <laughs> RJ will be the GOAT. No. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been a massive RJ fan since uh, 
I mean, I started following him like a couple of months before his, you know, his season at Duke, and then I was a huge fan. Uh, obviously, Duke, uh, it, you know, it obviously went third, but it was a little bit shaky, and you know, he's playing next to Zion. Um, and then Barrett didn't make his, didn't make the all rookie team last year in his rookie season for the Knicks. Um, and you know, my faith was shaken a little bit. I'll be honest. Uh, but Especially this when season you had me had... do that little uh, statistical comparison <laughs> for him. I had I had Ramiz look up stats. I had I was I needed him to convince me to stay on the RJ boat, um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, yeah, but my be- I, I will say I think my best cop for him ended up being Emmanuel Mudiay. Eh? Yeah, which, you know, that was where... Because you followed him as a guard, like, in those comparisons, didn't you? For the yeah, first one. I put him as a guard. Yeah, I think there was... Yeah, there was some more favourable forward comparisons. There was. There was um, I think we had Jalen Rose. Was it Jalen Rose? Yeah. There was a lot of draft comps um, to Jalen Rose, actually, uh, when he was coming out of Duke. But um, anyway, this season, especially the last, you know, over this win streak and a bit before that, he's been absolutely sick. He's just hitting clutch shots doing big things, putting up points, being efficient, which is, you know, something that we didn't necessarily think or we might see out of RJ this soon. But mm. from three, he's been really good. From the free throw line, he's picked it up heaps from last season. Um, field goals I think he's possible too- as well. Yeah, it's a especially over the last little bit, his field goal's been um, creeping up. Um, yeah, and he's hitting, like, hitting threes. Like, he had six threes against the Hornets uh, two games ago, I think. Uh, I think he went three for six in his last game. Um, he's just, he's doing RJ things. And I absolutely love to see it. Yeah. I mean, you were right. <laughs> he's, he's been very good for them. Um, I, I think my prediction at the start of the season was that his efficiency would go up. I, I did it kind of as a joke and just to like make you feel a bit better. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that was my main issue with him because his efficiency was horrendous last year. 40, yeah. 32 and 61. This season, 45, 39, and 74. I have no complaints with that kind of efficiency, especially since he's taking 15 shots a game. I mean, that if that field goal percentage was like 2% higher, that would be just very solid, borderline, like really good efficiency. So yeah, uh, that was my kind of biggest concern with him. I know, I, like, I mean, I wasn't a huge RJ Barrett fan, as in I didn't follow him that much. I didn't follow the Knicks that much last season. But yeah, no, he's he's just proven that he's a legit guy in this league, and he's obviously so young still. Yeah, he's only twenty still, um, and yeah, like on this very good Knicks team, he's the second best guy doing a lot of important stuff for them. Um, I think my preseason prediction for the Knicks was that we'd see more playmaking out of RJ, but I don't think that's necessarily happened just because of the role that Randall's taken on. But um, I mean, I can't complain with anything that's happened for RJ this season. It's been fantastic. I've very very happy. I mean, I will say his assist percentage is up. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's good. That for you. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, my big question for the Knicks is: Do teams want to avoid them at the first round? Probably. I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, teams will be a little bit scandalous. Like right now, it's sh- the way it's shaking up is they're probably going to face the Hawks in the first round. I think they would steamroll the Hawks. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think they kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this they're just super good defensively. Like they're so solid, and they've got like just this is like what I said at the start of the year. They've just got NBA players at every single position, yeah. and it's it's just uh, it's just 
an extreme level of competency that we haven't seen from the Knicks in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, they're on a nine-game win streak. They're now the fourth seed. Like, they, I think they would destroy the Hawks. I think they'd give the Celtics a really good series. I, I, oh, I don't know who I'd pick there, but, like, the fact that I'm considering picking the Knicks over the Celtics who have been to the conference finals three in the last four years, I think says something very important here. Um, yeah, just, I have no idea what's going on. I think teams are praying that they kind of, I think the top teams are kind of hoping that they keep this kind of a uh, win streak going so uh, they don't have to face them in the first round. Uh, not that I think they would beat the Bucks, the Sixers, or the Nets or anything. and It's unlikely they would end up playing any of them, but they'd they'd give them a run for their money and they would make those teams pretty tired come the second round. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, Yeah, the only thing is that really they don't have a lot of playoff experience, obviously. Um, and then having your second best player, like RJ, being only a second-year guy and then putting him in a big role in the playoffs, um, obviously against the Hawks, a team in a very similar position. Um, so maybe that's not so much big of a factor, but if they get past them and into the second round, that's I th- that's where I feel like we could see the Knicks sort of get thrown around a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously this is, I feel like this is, you know, found money for the Knicks right now, being the fourth seed in the East um, against on top of a lot of other really good teams like the Celtics and the Heat and the Wizards and the Pacers even. Uh, being above those teams and being a real threat out in the East is, you know, I think light years ahead of where I thought they think they were going to be, like what their plan was for this season. Yeah, give me a sec. I want to see where we predict they would end up this season. I, I think, think I had them as like 12th or 13th in the East. Uh, I will say, I, I'm just checking out Instagram. Neither of us had them in our top 10 at the very least, but I think, yeah, we no. probably both had them around the 12, 13 range. I think we agreed on all, all our bottom picks in terms of, like, Pearson's being lost and things like that. But, yeah, no, we expected the Knicks to be bad. And they're the opposite, which is just great. It's just good for NBA basketball, but the Knicks are good. And it's not often that that's the case. Yeah, it's good to see the whole league get around this, yeah, get around this team. It's It it's really is, like... A feel-good story, I feel like, for the NBA this year is having the Knicks be really good. Um, I might have even had the Knicks like 14th, actually, in my East predictions. Um, now that I think about it, I, I was, I, I was still high on them. Uh, I thought they were going to be a really fun team to watch. I just didn't think they'd end up winning a lot of games. But with Randall taking a unprecedented step and RJ stepping up, you know, probably more than I thought he would this season. Um, yeah, it's just. It's it's good to watch. Yeah. Sorry. Now I'm trying to see if I can find our predictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick talk about the Knicks more. <laughs> I mean, that RJ. No. <laughs> I think, yeah, Randall, I think, is locked up most improved player. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen some, you know, put Randall in the MVP conversation. You know, obviously not for winning it, but, you know, throw him some fifth place votes or stuff like that. I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, he's taken this this next team that, you know, was terrible last year, has been terrible for many years, and has completely changed it around. And he's, I don't know, we've talked about RJ, or at least I have. He's really the real reason why they're so good. Um, he's dropping 40 pieces, like 40, 11, and 5 every other night, um, hitting, you know, those mid-range shots, hitting threes now, distributing the ball, running an offense. It's, you know, 
it's really his team, and I, you know, I feel like he should get some MVP love for it. To be honest, okay, do you feel any? It. I can't. <laughs> it. Sorry. Um, do you feel any MVP love for Randall? Uh, no, probably not. I feel a bit of all ABA love though. I I, I oh, see a third sure. in his future. You wouldn't throw him a fifth place vote. Mm, probably not. Interesting. Would you actually? <laughs> I mean, for f- like a fifth place vote, hell yeah. You're what's wrong with the voting system. <laughs> <laughs> Who else am I supposed to give it to? I don't know, like Gobert or something. Gobert. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I refuse. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, oh, actually, let's... hang on. I have the Knicks' 10th, I think. One, two, three. Wait, you have the dock? Yeah, eleventh. Uh, I have the dock. So I had them as eleventh. Wait, am I looking at the right dock? I think I Season preview, is that when we did this? I think so. Look, according to our Instagram post, neither of them have have them in our top ten. Neither of us yeah. has them in our top ten. So I cannot find our season preview dock. Okay, I was just looking at it. But anyway, not super important, but yeah. No. Uh alright, let's get on to uh, the Celtics, right. Um, so we talked about the Celtics two weeks ago, and we were like, wow, they're so bad. They've been really good since then. <laughs> Bro, they've been so good. <laughs> they're seven and three in their last um, in their last ten. I think they're nine and three in their last twelve. Um, yeah, they've just completely turned it around <laughs> pretty much. I feel like everything we said about about them two weeks ago has changed for the most part. Yeah, like quite literally the next day they just started playing better. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the next day they beat the Nuggets. They came back from like down heaps to beat the Nuggets. And we were talking about, wow, the Nuggets are playing so well and the Celtics are playing so poorly. And then the complete yeah. opposite thing happened the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think we might have been late to the shitting on the Celtics party. I think they might have turned it around before we started talking to them. Maybe I'll be honest. A little, a little, <laughs> a little <maybe>. bit. <laughs> nah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, we're, yeah, we couldn't have been wrong. No way. We've never been wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, my big question here, though, is as great as they've been, is this any different to years past? Like, really? They've made the conference finals three the last four years. I don't think anyone has any belief in them of making the finals this year. Like, I know, I know we're talking about this right now, how well they've been playing, but, like, they're another team, much like, kind of like the Jazz, where it's, like, just do it in the playoffs. And we're yet to see them do it late in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And even just, like, compared to the competition out east now, with obviously the Nets, but even the Sixers and the Bucks, I feel like are sort of kind of way better than the Celtics. <laughs> I mean... It's hard to have faith in a team that's only turned it on in the last 12 or so. Like, you've had all season. Nothing's really changed between the last 12 and the first 40 or whatever it was. Um, like, well, 50 now. Um, like, you got Evan Fortier. That shouldn't be the whole reason you're starting to turn the season around. Like, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like they're any different from the last couple of years. If anything, they're probably a little bit worse. Like, just the the edges of that roster don't seem as, as complete as in previous years. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it's good that they've turned it around, but I don't know what it ultimately leads to come playoff time. Yeah, no, I mean, I really don't think it means anything at this point. Um, like, they they shouldn't even just be a regular season team because this is a team that looks like it's built for the playoffs. They've got so many savvy defenders. They've got um, a very strong starting lineup, and they've got a little bit of depth. They're not a really, really deep team, and they never have been. But, like, they've got enough depth to get them through a playoff series. But, yeah, no, it just doesn't feel any different. Um, so... Yeah, we might have been a little bit late to shitty on the Celtics, but I'm not ready to give that up just yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I've kind of echoed that same sentiment with my question. I was, my question was, is their improved defense over the last twelve games a bit of a fluke? Because right now, that over the last twelve, they're third in defensive rating. Um, but like the changes they made at the deadline would like on paper signal to me they should be worse on defense, not better. Like. Swapping out Tice for Fournier, essentially, um, should it improve your defense, but apparently it has. So, I don't know, I'm a bit skeptical as to whether or not that's going to continue on. Uh, obviously, they've got other great defenders on that team between Smart, Brown, and uh, Tatum. Obviously, all three of those guys can defend. Even Robert Williams can block some shots and stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe this was the defense all along that we should have been seeing for this team, but uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced it's here to stay or you know, any of this sort of, any of this streak that we've seen recently is here to stay. No, no, yeah. Um, anything else you want to say on the Celtics? Um, I, I, I just noticed that Evan Fortier is hitting like nearly four threes a game <laughs> um, and shooting like 57% from three. So if he keeps really? that up, then yeah, maybe the, maybe the Celtics can go on a run. I don't know. I'll be honest here. I, before you start talking about it, I just forgot Evan Fournier was on their team. Like, yeah. how have I It's because he got there. <laughs> I know, he had that one really bad game. Yeah, and then I think he Wait, got what? COVID, and then I think... <laughs> Wait, what? Do you, he, what did you say he was hitting? Well, uh, when did I say this? I think it was, like, over the last 12 games or something. Oh, over the last... No, what? He's only played five games for the Celtics. Well, within whatever games he played in those five games. He's averaging nine and a half points. Where did I see this stat that I don't I saw know what NBA. Where did I see this? This he's is shooting interesting. 36% <laughs> from the field. He's making two threes a game, which is still good, or 42% from three. Okay. Never I mind. I don't know where I, I saw that. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm likely going to quickly try and find that. But yeah, apart from that, no, I have nothing to say about the Celtics. <laughs> Where he did didn't I play see the last this? ten games. He hasn't played the last ten games before today. What the? F- oh, oh, where yesterday. did I see this then? Was it someone else? <laughs> um, Probably, because it's not. Hey, him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hang on, ladies and gentlemen. We can go to the next team, and if I find it, I'll find it. Okay. Uh. Well, let's move on to the Nuggets here, and it's a good thing that's the Nuggets because I can take this one. Uh, my big question is, they're fine for now, but will it fall apart and if so when so I have a stat here to represent this among players who have played a minimum of 150 minutes for the Nuggets Jamal Murray was second in usage percentage and field goals attempted Will Barton was fourth in usage percentage and field goals attempted right now and for the next couple weeks probably for the rest of the season 
Dozier is going to take the third most shots on the Nuggets behind Michael Pooh Jr. and Jokic, obviously, and Aaron Gordon is taking the fourth most shots. That is not a good team. I like PJ Dozier, but if you haven't heard of PJ Dozier, listeners, I don't blame you. He's averaging <laughs> nine points a game. He had one really good playoff game last uh, last season. That's kind of that was kind of his coming out party, but he is not a third option on a remotely good team anywhere in the league. And I'm saying they're fine for now, but will it fall apart? And if so, when? It will fall apart in the first round of the playoffs when they go up against the Lakers because that's what it looks like is going to happen. They're losing in the first round. Like, I I don't have anything else I can say, really. Um, they're in a 4-5 matchup against the Lakers. Yes, they have home court advantage. I would pick the Lakers in five, maybe six games um, just because Michael Porter Jr. is good. Aaron Gordon is good. But the thing is, without Jamal Murray's ball, ball handling, obviously Will Barton will be back. Obviously, Monte Morris will be back. I mean, hopefully Will Barton will be back. But without Jamal Murray's ball handling and shot creation, defenses can just collapse on Michael Boone Jr. and Aaron Gordon a lot more than they could otherwise. And you just need to hope that P.J. Dozier and Will Barton don't kill you from three. And I think that's a gamble that almost every team in the league is willing to take. So I I obviously believe in Jokic's greatness, but he's not going to pull off arguably a better player from than what Dirk had in 2011. I mean, why couldn't he? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. If, okay, I mean, look, if they the, would the, knock, if they weren't going up against the Lakers in the first, I was going to say, AD, then I would maybe believe it. I any, I think any other team, they could win a first round series against. I would, I would probably pick them over the Jazz still, as weird as that sounds, but not the Lakers. The Lakers is tough. Um, like that that sucks <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, honestly i'd uh, agree like right now if the nuggets were third they'd play the mavs um i'd pick the nuggets 100 percent. yeah i guess i would too yeah maybe yeah um i don't know i have i have a bit of a different tone about the nuggets right now like they've still been pretty good since murray's been out um and like mpj has been sick like honestly he 39 today which is very <laughs> yeah, I was nice good. Yeah, um, I just feel like, I don't know, if if the Nuggets can keep up enough ball handling with with their guys like Barton and um, Morris and Rivers now, like, if they can combine enough of that to, like, keep afloat Murray's ball handling skills, obviously the shot creation won't be there, but if, if um, MPJ is there to dive off cuts and hit open threes and even contested threes um, at the rate he's doing it now. Like, I don't know. I'd still quite happily keep the Nuggets in the contender category out West. I don't know. Let, let, let me break down what a scoring game would look like for the, the Nuggets and what it kind of has been looking like. You need Jokic and Michael Boone Jr. to combine for 50. I think they can do that. I think they will be able to do that a lot of the time in the playoffs. You'll need... Monte Morris, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, probably to all combine for like 30-something. But then, you know, you still need Dozier, Millsap, Jermichael Green, JaVale McGee to combine for like 30. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Like, MPJ is... He's crazy to me, man. Like... (laughs) Watching him work yeah. off, 
<laughs> Watching her work off the ball is beyond my comprehension. I just don't understand how he gets open all the time. <laughs> like, he just, he sets a back screen of, like, well, it used to be Murray, but, like, on anyone, and then he'll just dive and get a dunk off a Jokic pass. Like, I without fail. Harry Gordon uh, collapsed the defense a bit, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just don't see defenses falling for it as much as they do in the playoffs. That is tr- that they is true, but up. even then, he could step out and hit the three at like an absurd rate, and like it's just I I don't think I've ever seen a player like Porter. It's <laughs> kind of mind blowing to me, in all honesty. <laughs> He's like what but, every chucker wants to be, I think. Yeah, but it's not even that because he doesn't dribble, <laughs> like. <laughs> He just he just runs around and gets open. Like his his like um, shot attempts off passes, like assisted shots uh, shots made and attempted is ridiculous. I think it's like it's nearly eighty percent on twos and it's over ninety percent on threes. Like yeah, his shots that are, like he's getting assisted on. Yeah. It's nuts. He doesn't do anything for himself. He just gets spoon fed, but somehow he's like one of the most dangerous guys in the league. <laughs> but like, that's, that's what concerns me though, right? It's like, I, I'm i not concerned about the ball handling, really. Like, I, I think it'll be fine with Jokic. I'm concerned about guys who can create their own shots. Because once yeah. you start really playing Michael Puddy Jr., like close and tight, and, you know, he's struggling to get open or whatever, and he struggles to get going, they're like, what do the Nuggets have going for them? They're then relying on a guy like PJ Dozier or Barton to go for 20, which happens from time to time, but I don't believe in that happening four times in a playoff series. I think you're forgetting about Morris a little bit too much. He's good. I and think like, Monte Morris is going to give you 12 to 16 points every game, and that's fine, but they need more than that. They need someone Yeah, else. but like... If that's half of your Murray points right there, then you only need to make up the other half out of Barton and Dozier, and I feel like that's doable. But, like, you say it's half your Murray points, but where do Morris's points go? Because he was always good for 12 to 14 points. Well, I guess Rivers could give you a bit more scoring. And, you know, maybe Millsap That's the thing. It's shoots like, more. That's what you're getting to. You're getting to the point yeah. where you're relying on Austin Rivers. You're relying on Paul Millsap. You're relying on PJ Dozier. And Plus Gordon's there now, guys. and like Gordon is there now, and like he Gordon, you know, he's a he's a rim runner. He can hit an open three. Like, I mean, I I strangely feel like this team's still equipped to go on a bit of a run, especially with the way Jokic is playing right now. And like, I would agree with you if it wasn't the Lakers in the first round. But it's, if it wasn't the Lakers, man, that's it's, tough. <laughs> it's almost certainly going to be the Lakers. They're a game and a half in front of the Mavs. I don't see them dropping to sixth. If they do, then yeah, I'm. I'm thrilled because, man, <laughs> a 3-6 matchup between the Clippers and Lakers, that would be something I want to see a lot more than I want to see the Nuggets uh, lose in five to six games um, as the fourth seed. Yeah, and yeah, it seems unlikely that the Lakers drop because I think, yeah, AD's back now. He's getting worked back in, but he is playing. And uh, I think LeBron's supposed to be back relatively soon as He's well. He's on the horizon, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I didn't even think about the the 3-6 matchup with the Lakers and Clippers. That'd be awesome. I mean, if the Mavs could pick things up a little bit better. I mean, they had a good win. They've had some good wins the last few days, but like, they picked things up a little bit more. Yeah, we need a Luka run to get them over the edge. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I low-key hope that happens. Because <laughs> I mean, one, beat I want the Lakers the... today, which is fantastic. I was so happy to see them beat the Lakers today. Yeah, that is important. Because um, I'd love to see. Well. Yeah, they closed two yeah. games in there. Yeah, I'd love to see the Nuggets get out of the first round with the way Jokic is playing right now. Um, and I'd love to see a Lakers Clippers first round. Imagine if the Clippers get bounced in the first round. <laughs> It'd be so funny. <laughs> Kawhi is fucking out of there. <laughs> Either that or he gets the power to fucking release every player on that team. Um, he just becomes the, the GM. No, just... Yeah. No one wants to see a conference finals rematch in the first round because it's just not fun then. Yeah, it is a bit anticlimactic there. Yeah. Um, so maybe this there's a slim chance that the Mavs pick it up and get Come up on the Mavs. Lakers. Come on, Let's Mavs. Do it. <laughs> That's mean, all we can say. They've closed two games in two games, like beating the Lakers twice in a row, is massive. Uh, actually, it's huge. I'm trying to have a look at their schedule now for the rest of the way. Lakers. Uh, the Mavs. So they've got Kings, Warriors, Pistons, Wizards, Kings, Heat. Nets, Cavs, Cavs, Grizzlies, games Pelicans, there. Raptors, and Timberwolves. There That's is a, a lot. Really easy schedule, actually. Bar the, I mean, the Warriors is a tough matchup. The Heat's a tough matchup. The Nets are a tough matchup. Um, and the so, Grizz will, the Grizz will be fighting for a play-in spot, so they'll be a very tough yeah. matchup still. But like, that's a lot of games that the Mavs just should win. Yeah, barring injuries, having a look here, because the Kings are without Fox, so I'm going to count those as automatic wins. So there's two Kings games, a Pistons game, Which is a Wizards awesome. game. Yeah, they sh a Wizards game they should win. Uh, Ooh, a Cavs game. I'm or two. Not, I'm not going to count out the Wizards yet, just because they are still in that race. Okay. Uh, two Cavs games. Which uh, we should win, yeah. Yeah, uh, and the Raptors and the Timberwolves. I think the Pelicans are also a team that they should beat. They should. So if we're including the Pelicans, there's like eight or nine games there That's that are auto wins. Yeah. Pretty I mean, much. What's the Lakers schedule look like? The thing is, the Lakers also have a pretty easy schedule. Um, they've they? got the Magic, Wizards, Kings, Raptors. They do have the Nuggets, Clippers, Blazers, Suns, which is a tough stretch. And then the Knicks. So that's actually a, re a really tough stretch of five games. But the Suns and Clippers might be resting by that point. So. Mm. And it's. Yeah, it depends what sort of, what form AD and LeBron are back into. Because AD um, hasn't been good so far, at the very least. Um, yeah, but you know, that's understandable, I guess. Yeah. So He's only played the one game, hasn't he? So far, he was, the Mavs. He played against the Mavs twice, I think. He played against them today and the other day. Yeah, he had 17-3-3 today. He had four points the other day. Okay, 17-3-3. Did he play, how many minutes did he play today? Uh, 28. Uh, 28. Okay, so he's getting some minutes back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's possible. Yeah, well, it's, it's not it's a possibility that the, man, no. that the lake is 4 to 6. Alright, I'm going to keep my eye on that now. I feel like that's what I'm going to follow the most as the season closes yeah. out here. Yeah, I probably should have thought about that going to the League Pass games to watch. There might be some very interesting games to keep an eye on there. But yeah. Mm. Um, is that all you want to say on the Nuggets? I think so, yeah. Alright, let's get to my top three stats of the week. Alright, first one here is since turning 
33 years old, Stephen Curry has averaged 35.4 points per game, which is good for first among players aged 33 or older. Second is MJ at 30.3 points per game. So is this... First of all, that's very impressive. But is this for their entirety of their career after they turn 33? This is for each age. So a 33-year-old MJ is different to a 34-year-old MJ. Right. So this is the highest points per game of within an age of any guy age 33 or older in NBA history. Right, okay. In That's very this, cool. I did learn what player was 45. He played like two games when he was 45. I don't remember who it was, but that was weird to see. Like, what I just a kept going G. Up. I just kept going up in age. And there was no <laughs> one for like 44, and then there was someone for 45. I'm like, where did you go? I was going to say, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was he just out of the league for a year? Probably, when you're 44. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to fight it quickly. Nate Hickey, does that ring a bell? That does sound familiar. Okay, I think that's him. He played at 45 years old and 363 days, so he was nearly 46. Whoa. Shout out Nate Hickey. Shout out Nate Hickey. Yeah, Nat Hickey, I think it is, actually. It is Nat Hickey. You're completely correct. He had two points. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Hey, run it up. (laughs) Big man. Why was he not there when he was 44? Kevin Willis was the only one at 44. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next one here is Draymond Green against the Nuggets had two points, 12 rebounds, and 19 assists. And if I had a dollar for every player that has put on that stat line, I would have $2. It's not a lot, <laughs> but it's weird that it happened twice. Can you guess that? That is very... The other, to put up two points, 12 rebounds, 19, 19 assists. It Gosh. Is, I, I'm just I, trying I've to... Got, I've got some hints for you. Two-time champ is my first hint for you. Two-time champ. Courage player as well. And current player. Interesting. My initial thought randomly was like Boris Diaw, but no, no, don't ask. Yeah, but obviously he's not still playing. Um, four-time All Star, still playing four-time All Star. Don't he hasn't uh, made an All Star team in quite a while. Okay, interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'll get this to be honest. Um. No, I think you'll have to tell me, <laughs> No, I want to give you a couple more hits here. Okay, okay, okay. One-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive. Led the league in assists three times. Whoa. <laughs> is what it Rondo? It is Rondo, yes. Rondo yeah. Rondo had two points, 12 rebounds, and 19 assists in a game. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> that exact stat line, right? That's yes. yeah, that's nuts. Two, twelve, and nineteen, exactly. This is a good dream. This is the perfect Draymond. It's such a stat line, though. Stat. Yeah, for sure. Because all he does is stand at the top of the three and just pass left or right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, uh, my number one stat is Mason Plumley is only the third player in NBA history with seventeen points, twenty rebounds, five assists in less than thirty minutes. Can you name the other two? This is interesting. Are these two guys like all-time studs? One of them definitely is, one less so. Um, but I'll give you the easier one first. You should get it once I give you like your first two hits. 
Five right. time champ is your first hit. Oh, is it Shaq then? No. Five time champ. Not four. Is Shaq four? Okay. Shaq's four. Yeah. Played mostly in the nineties. Oh, uh wait, five time champ? Played mostly in the nineties. MJ yeah. didn't do this. <laughs> no, but he won six anyway. His te- what, who was his teammate? 17, that did this? 20, 17 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. Why am I completely... Like, who would have 20 assists? rebounds? I t- oh, oh, Rodman, obviously. Yeah, Rodman. Obviously. Okay. Okay, Thank you. Are, you are struggling <laughs> with this one. I will give you every hit for this one. You can take <laughs> one random guess, because I doubt you'll get this next guy. Okay, okay. Played from 1995 to 2010. He was a one-time All-Star in the year 2000. He had six seasons with the Nuggets and averaged 18 points and nine rebounds. He had five seasons with the Pistons, averaging nine points and seven rebounds, though he didn't win a championship with the Pistons. He was there the year after. Uh, He also played for the Spurs, Suns, and Knicks, and he was a power forward, sometimes a center. Did he win Defensive Player of the Year? No. Okay, not who I thought it was then. Were you thinking Uh, I was. Hmm. Is it McDice? It is, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There you go. I couldn't get Rodman, but I got Antonio <laughs> McDice. <got> Antonio McDice. <laughs> How did you get McDice and not Rodman? Or I don't know. I legitimately, I had the biggest just <laughs> brain fart ever. I just could not remember Dennis Rodman was a person. <laughs> but like shout out Dennis Rodman. I like how you ruled out Camby. That's such a like random guy for you to rule out, but it made sense because I think he did play for the Pistons. He played, and he played. He definitely played for the Knicks and the Nuggets. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I think he got his DPOY with the Nuggets. Maybe was he also drafted in '95? Uh, Might have been. You know, check this. Marcus Kirby drafted you. Uh, '96. Okay. '96, but you were close. Yeah, you. Were I was close. close. Yeah. He's a good fit for this start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, because he seems like a guy that could do it." For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, let's get on to my top pass minus of the week. Um, so, not to step on your toes too much here, but you didn't have time to do it, so I thought I would throw some together last minute. Uh, today, hey, I appreciate it, Ramit. You're welcome. Uh, actually, do you want to read them and pretend you came up with them? <laughs> no, that would be a disservice to you who had put the work in, so I'll let okay. you read them. Uh, today, Josh Okoji, uh was a plus 12 in the Wolves' win over the Jazz, which is weird to say. Yep. Um, <laughs> and he was the only player in double-digit positive or negative plus-minus. So nobody else had a double-digit positive or negative plus-minus on either team. Okoji was the right. only one. <laughs> right. Was Was this a close game today? Yes, it, it sounds like it was. That was... Yeah. Right, so he was the difference maker out there, you know. He really was, yeah. <laughs> Weird that the Timberwolves beat the Jazz. Shit, I feel like I kind of forget about Josh Kogi. Is he still like a promising young player? Or we just sort of know what he is now. I don't know, which is why I included it because I was like, I have not seen his name in a while. Actual shout out, Josh Kogi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next one is in their loss to the Wizards earlier this week. Steph Curry was a minus twenty-one in thirty-six minutes. Worst on the team by a whopping. 14 points. Next worst was Draymond with a minus 7. 
Yeah, I think I saw this at some point during the week, mm. but um, yeah, this is a very strange. Obviously, he had a he came down from his high a little bit. I think he had eighteen points that game or something. Um, and yeah, obviously wasn't the Steph we've seen over the last two weeks or whatever. But um, yeah, still very surprising to see him be a minus twenty one. But he's yeah. like the only good player on that fucking Warriors team. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch the end of that game? I did not. He was unplayable. Like genuinely, he looked so bad out there. He's um, probably yeah, yeah. He's a little bit gassed, I'm sure. Yeah, and yeah, you know, he kind was of keeping up for him. Eaten alive by Russ and Beal. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right, uh, and my final plus minus of the week, I phoned it in for this one. Robert Lopez was a minus 17 in 10 minutes in that same game. I didn't want to look for another game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think I saw this, though. <laughs> yeah, tough. <laughs> Shout out, Robert Lopez. Shout out. All right, let's get on to Baywatch. Uh, so, a bit of a quiet week for Sadiq Bay. Uh, nothing crazy, nothing terrible. Just thirteen point three points, uh, averaged thirteen point three points, three point three rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Shot forty three percent from the field, fifty from three, which is interesting. Eighty from the line, and he was a plus five in a four point win, a minus three and a minus seventeen in a ten point loss and a fifteen point loss, respectively. Nothing crazy, nothing we haven't seen before from him, really. Yeah, just you know, being consistent, consistently. Um the best player from this draft class. I mean, it's it's that simple. Yeah, pretty much. What was it? No. What? Going to have the best career. That's the that's the. Yeah, he will thing, have right? the best yeah. career of all players in this draft class. I stand yeah. by that, despite how wrong it looks. <laughs> I mean, he's still on course, you know. He's on course. He is there. Yeah, it was, is so there. it wasn't this It wasn't this week that he had like 21 points in the first quarter? I think that was last week, I think. It was last week? Okay, right. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to our link last game. Still watch. Uh, Dylan, I'll let you take the first one here. I'm tired of talking. Yep, fair. All right. So, first of all, I've got uh, on Tuesday, the 27th, I've got the Suns at the Knicks. Um Obviously, the Knicks are going to look to keep it rolling. I don't think they play before then, so they're still on the, still on their um, nine-game win streak, looking to make it 10 uh, against the Suns, who are obviously a, a powerhouse out west right now, looking for to make the finals, I'm sure. Um, just a, just a, good, a good game. Yeah. All right. Uh, my game on the same day there is Cavs at Raptors. The race is kind of over, but it's still there a little bit. Like, these are two teams that are very close to the standings. Might be making a push for the play-in. It's unlikely, but it could still be a fun game, regardless. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the next day, on Wednesday, um, I've got the Mavs at Warriors. Um, I don't know. You've, we've seen Steph go off, obviously. Luca's been playing at high form. Um, I, I just think it'll be a fun matchup. Yeah. On the same day, for me again, I have Wolves at Rockets. And Dylan, do you know what this is? <laughs> what is this, Ruiz? It's the race for the bottom, baby. <laughs> it's the race for the bottom. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yep. Uh, bad. Bad teams playing bad basketball. What is this? Hey, whoa. The Timberwolves aren't lost anymore. I did not notice that the Rockets are below them now. Oh, they did it. 
<laughs> they did. Oh yes, that's actually amazing. I'm that's so happy for, for them. Both teams. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm actually so happy for the Wolves right now. That's fantastic news. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, that yeah, might be the best game. pick you've ever made. Um, <laughs> um, my final game uh, on Thursday is the Pelicans at Nuggets. Um, obviously, the Nuggets. I, I, I just like watching MPJ now. <laughs> just what how he fan? does it. What's He's just what sorcery he pulls <laughs> off. Um, and then Zion is obviously a beast. Ingram, good, good fun matchup. We saw quite a few ball ball kids today in the Rockets game, which was very fun. Mm. Um, Did he get ball- some shine? He got a little bit of shot. He didn't play particularly well. In fact, Bobo's a bit of a meme, I think, on the court. He really does just kind of do what looks funny. And I think he knows I say, it looks funny. He knows what he's out there for. He knows what he's <laughs> out there for. Like, <laughs> what kind of pressure is... Or, like, how great would that be? You're 21 years old and players just want to... Like, fans just want to see you do something funny. Yeah, just like... <laughs> Go dribble and shoot a three or something. They do the don't thing. care if you're a good basketball player. They just want you to do something and they will love it. He's like Loki's such an icon for like this new gen like this youngest generation of basketball fans. He it's, really is, yeah. It's absurd, but like shout out to him. And shout out to Horny Bowl and his Instagram story. <laughs> I won't give any context to that. <laughs> My final game here is Jazz at Suns on the 1st of May. Uh, the top two seeds in the West, and very likely will continue to be the top two seeds in the West, unless the Clippers make... Oh, actually, the Clippers are only half a game back of the Suns now. I didn't notice that. Mm. But... I was just saying, there's potential this could be a um, a seeding change, too. We could mm. see the Suns overtake the Jazz there if you know the rest of the week goes the right way. Yeah. Uh, there's still a game and a half back. I think I do believe in the Jazz keeping it keeping their distance there, but yeah, this is a, a very important game, because beating your opponent, beating the per, beating the team that's above you in the standings, that's worth one game. It's only worth half a game to any other team. Yeah, um, and uh, the Jazz, is Mitchell back for the Jazz yet? Uh, he, is, he wasn't back today. I, I, yeah, he wasn't back today. Um, I don't yeah. know when we expect him back as it stands. I can quickly check that. Give me a second. Uh, uh, but like, uh, does ultimately does one or two matter out west? I mean, we'll miss I another week of not. action. Okay. I mean, it could look. It's unlikely that we're going to see them match up at the conference finals. Like, I think the conference finals are very right. likely going to include the Lakers. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. It could matter. Bit of home court. It could. Depends how scared people are of Curry, I guess. If you know, if he ends up being the eighth seed or whatever through the play-in, but all yeah, oh, right, no, yeah, I, I didn't even think, think about that. Do do teams it, shuffle to try to match up with the Blazers instead of the the Warriors? Oh uh, no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't go that far. I think I'd <laughs> much rather play the Warriors, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, never know. Um, but yeah, let's get on to ready to bury them. Who are we buried today? Now, here's the thing, Ramiz. I thought we had a lock here, but you picked a very interesting game just then at the Cavs at Raptors. I, I, How about this? How about we bury... We save it for this week, but next week we bury whatever team loses that game. Because 
You're, I was, I was, I was for sure ready to bury the calves, and then apparently you just came out saying they're not dead yet. <laughs> I mean, even even though they're three and a half said, back of the Raptors, I said they're not dead yet to sell my game. I think they're dead. <laughs> I think they're very much dead, so we just got to commit to the calves. I think so. They're three and a half games back of the Raptors. Even a win here, it, they're not even close. And like even then, there's still another <laughs> game and a half back of the Wizards. Like if they were. If they had the same record as the Raptors, they're still a game and a half back. They're five games back of the Wizards right now. It's just not happening for them. <laughs> and here he is two minutes ago saying they're not <laughs> dead yet. <laughs> I was ready to bury the Cavs two weeks ago, and then somehow you talked me out of that then. So I just this is long overdue for I me. think there was better candidates two weeks ago. That is, that is, that is Actually, fair. Actually, wait. But... We buried the Magic two weeks ago. You can't fight me on that. Maybe last week. Last week you said, when, when I did the week. episode myself, I buried the Kings. You said you would have buried the Cavs. That's right. Last week, yeah. I'm I'm still fine with my pick of the Kings. They're five and a half games back. At least the Cavs are only five games back. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I think yeah. Well, R.I.P. the Cavs. Yeah. Um, I think big it's men, an absurd amount of big men in tow. <laughs> <laughs> just a just. I mean, not the worst season they could have had. Like no. There was some promise there. We had Sexland um, be very promising. Um, so they made a great trade at the deadline. So a good season, but you know, time we to hang it Kevin up. Kevin Love sometimes, and that was that's always fun. Kevin Love's playing basketball right now. Did you know that? Is he actually? I can't, he's actually playing basketball as not as we speak. But no, not as we he's speak. Playing. No. Um, he's played. No, he's played the last couple of games. He's really? playing less than he he's playing less than thirty minutes. I thought he was no, the rest of the season. I mean, he's played, looks like, every game since at least the 6th of April. So, he's played all this month. Wow. That Shout out Kevin Love. Crazy. He's and this month, seven. he hasn't scored 20 once. <laughs> That's fine. Is it? <laughs> I mean, not for his contract, but for Kevin Love. Are you sure about that? <laughs> it's fine. His efficiency is awful, too. Three for 11, two for 10, six for 17. Look, uh, just because yeah. his shooting numbers are almost as bad as RJ Barrett's last season, doesn't mean... <laughs> Bro, he went five for 14 on threes against the Pelicans earlier this month. <laughs> that's actually... Like, genuinely, I don't hate that. Like, that's still 36%. That's still fine. What? Oh. Yuck. What do you mean? 36 is, like, decent. 36 is average. I mean, I, I guess what you say like that, but looking at a 5 for 14 is disgusting. It's the 2 for 10 and the 1 for 7 a couple games after that. That's what's getting to me. That's pretty bad. <laughs> anyway, we're burying them. Yes, Die, Cavs. Yes. yes. Goodbye, Cavs. We'll see you, we'll see you next year. Um, yeah. Maybe... I was going to say maybe a little bit differently, but no, they're probably going to look the exact same. Yeah, I think that is in play. <laughs> uh, they could just be... Yeah, yeah, shit, I can't really love. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, they could make a trade, and nah, the draft is coming up, but no, nah, not important. No. Nah. Goodbye, Cavs. Goodbye. Joining the Kings, Magic, Rockets, Thunder, Wolves, and Pistons. Not a lot of teams left to bury here. Uh, we might be burying the Raptors next week. Um uh, not a lot of weeks left anyway, so no, it's no. working out perfectly. 
Did we consider the Pelicans today, like, at all? I haven't. I feel like but... we should be considering them more. Considering yeah, the you're right. Games back in the Warriors. I did not realize that either. I mean, they technically have time, right? I mean, I think the only teams that are officially out of the playoffs are the Wolves and Rockets, actually. Yeah, I think that happened yesterday, didn't it? I think it was a couple uh, of days ago, but yeah, it, it's it's yeah. been it's recent for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a world where the Pelicans catch up. I guess they've got the players to do it, and I, I don't know. I'm still not 100 percent sold on the Warriors, so yeah. All right. Uh, okay, is that all you had to say this episode? I think so, yes. <laughs> Alright, if you ever do this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or a review. You can follow us on Instagram at stat underscore stuffers. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at stat stuffers. You can email us at statstuffers5 at gmail.com. Still empty. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> thank you for listening. Peace. <laughs>